again, one and all, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Wealth Guardians radio program. Remember, we tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. And again, JB joins me in the studio today. JB, how you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be back on the show with you, Doug. Yeah, it's a good time of year. You know, we got uh, the football season uh, well underway. We got mm-hmm. NASCAR about to wind up. Uh, college basketball starting. I mean, fun time. Holidays coming up. Holidays are coming up. One of my favorite times of the year, too. Got the turkey picked out. Good deal, man. Good deal. I'm sure my wife has it already picked out myself. There you go. All right. For those of you who don't know, my name's Doug Ray, and I'm the host of the program, the Wealth Guardians Radio Show, and I'm the president and founder of Ray Financial Group. And Ray Financial Group's a professional, independent firm working with pre-retirees and retirees in all areas of retirement, estate planning, including the areas of wealth management and preservation, asset protection, tax reduction, wealth transfer and distribution. We are fiduciaries with a fiduciary duty, and we have offices down in Charlotte and here in the Triad in Clemens. And we can be reached here at 336-391-3409 or just simply hop on our website at www.thewealthguardians.com. So the objective of this show is to educate and inform all of our listeners and keep you up to date with relevant, important information in the pre-retirement, retirement, and estate planning arena. In fact, the topic of every show typically comes from our experience that we have as we go through life and our practice from, from, from day to day. So again, welcome to the show, and JB and I look forward to spending the next 30 minutes with you and giving you some solid financial information, and hopefully it's going to help you make a difference in your retirement and your estate planning. And, you know, we're, we're coming up on, uh, on Veterans Day, so I definitely, definitely want to thank all of our men and women who are in uniform, and thank you for your service and, and for everything you do for us. And today we have our questions of the month club, if you will. So I encourage you guys, if you have questions out there that uh, uh, that you've been wondering about, just email them to me, Doug at thewealthguardians.com, and we'll get them on the air for next month's show. All right. Sounds good. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the show. You have asked the questions, Doug, and you know now it's, as you mentioned, time for the answers. Once a month, we get to answer some great questions from listeners of the radio show, and we're going to devote this show to answering some very good and pertinent questions in understandable English that I am sure that's on your mind as well, So, uh, and it's going to help you with the planning. So let's get started with it. Doug, our first question today comes from Ted, and Ted writes in. He goes, hello, Doug. I converted part of my traditional IRA to a Roth earlier this year and then invested that Roth IRA in General Electric stock. Now, unfortunately, that stock is down over 20% or 20% since that conversion. Now, I have heard about a Roth recharacterization that will allow me to erase that conversion and put the money back into a traditional IRA. I would like to do this so I won't have to pay taxes on the lost money. Can I still do this, or is it too late? And thank you very much. Signed, Ted. Well, JB, as you know, this question actually came in several weeks ago when right. I did follow up with Ted uh, because he did have a deadline to meet, as as you guys will hear in in, in just a minute. And I'll tell you what, GE's really had uh, had 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 some rough roads here here lately. Right. 
Um, yeah, Ted, uh, I certainly understand your desire to do this and sympathize with your situation. In fact, it does happen uh, a lot, and there are a few reasons why people try and undo a Roth IRA uh, or an IRA com- uh, contribution uh, in general. For example, maybe you contributed to a Roth IRA before realizing you were not eligible. Maybe you did a Roth conversion and it put you into a higher tax bracket. And then, of course, there's your situation where the stock went down in value. The good news is the IRS tax laws allow you to erase those moves through which is called a recharacterization. And this could be one of the greatest benefits in the IRS tax code as it's essentially a free do-over. Or for you golfers, I call it a mulligan. (laughs) Now, let me say this. I'm going to pause right here. In the current tax reform proposal, if it is passed, they are planning to do away with these mulligans. Mm -mm. No more recharacterization. It's permanent. Once you do it, you're done. Wow. So, you know, most people don't get free do-overs in life. Well, you got that right. Now, as incredible as it sounds, in this case you do. In your specific case, Ted, a Roth recharacterization will allow you to erase the tax bill you owe on your conversion. The Roth recharacterization options allow you to put money back in your traditional IRA, which, again, erases that tax bill that you owe on the conversion. Plus, get this, this is cool. Plus, if you feel that GE stock is going to rebound, you can soon reconvert it back to a Roth at the lower price value that it's at so that you can gain future appreciation tax-free. I love it. That's great. This really is just an incredible tax move option that is on the books, and unfortunately, not too many people know about it. However, and that's why I preface this question, because we did talk to Ted uh, several weeks ago. However, there are deadlines that make this move, and it's not available forever. The deadline is usually October 15th of the next tax year. But for this year, it was October the 16th, because... The 15th fell on a weekend. So in Ted's case, he still had plenty of time uh, to do it, and I think he did do it. Uh, he, he didn't call me to tell, tell me what, uh, what eventually happened, but uh, actually he, uh, he, he had the ability to do it before the uh, 16th of October. However, you may want to go ahead and recharacterize your conversion now since your investment is down so much. And as we said before, you get the advantage of, of getting tax-free appreciation if GE ever goes back up. I'm just joking around. It will, you know that. <laughs> well, Doug, you mentioned in your answer just now that one specific reason for doing a Roth recharacterization would be due to converting too much money last year and putting yourself into the higher tax bracket. And we, in fact, have a question about this. It's from Chris, and Chris writes in, Hello, Doug. Last year, I converted a regular IRA into a Roth IRA to take advantage of the room left in my current tax bracket. After my taxes were completed, I realized that this conversion put me into a higher tax bracket, which is not what I wanted to happen. Now, is there anything I can do now to correct this issue and get my taxable income back to the point where I'm not in a higher tax bracket. Thank you. Hey, Chris, thank you for that uh, question. And I can tell you've been listening to our program because we have talked about this, we call it the bracket bump technique, a lot. Mm -hmm. I love that strategy. And uh, so, yeah, like I just explained, it's a perfect situation for a Roth recharacterization, specifically a partial Roth recharacterization. 
the decision you made to do a conversion from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA up to the point to maximize your current tax bracket, in my opinion, is an incredibly smart move. You know, many people, like I do, feel that tax rates will be much higher in the future, and they want to take advantage of the current tax rates to pay income tax now at a very low rate compared to where we think it's going to be in the future. I call this taxes are on sale today. Take advantage of that. In fact, I recommend this strategy over and over again. I just gave a workshop uh, this past uh, Saturday to a retirement community down near Charlotte, and we talked about this very strategy. You know, I feel tax planning is an essential part of the overall retirement planning that we do and we work with our clients every year. And we want to make sure we get the most tax-efficient cash income for every single client that we can every year. And making moves like this is a very strategic one. So you decided to go ahead and pay tax on a traditional IRA now to take advantage of the room left in your tax bracket. But unfortunately, you went a little bit too much into that next bracket. So the good news is there's a partial Roth recharacterization. It's just for the amount you put over into the higher tax bracket, and that's the solution to your problem. Unfortunately, Chris, in your specific case, you may have missed the deadline to do this. So remember, that deadline was October 16th of this year. So if you didn't make that move by the time this show's airing, you missed that opportunity. But remember it for the future. However, as I said before, if the new Tax Reform Act passes recharacterizations, at least now, the way it's written, are going to go away. You never can tell about those wily politicians and what they're liable to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, to do a Roth recharacterization, you just simply move the money from your Roth IRA back to a traditional IRA using your custodian's forms for a Roth recharacterization. You just simply contact your current custodian and say, hey, I want to move X amount of dollars uh, from my Roth back to my, my traditional IRA using your recharacterizations form. They're going to give you the proper forms. You fill them out, the accomplishment, and you're done. Well, Doug, let me jump in here and ask a question. Do you know why the deadline for doing this is October 15th of the year following the year of the conversion? It just seems kind of like an odd date. Yeah, I know it does, but it's simple. That's because if you file an extension like I did this year, you have up until October the 15th to file your tax return. But, of course, the IRS wants you to pay your taxes along the way. So that's the reason for it. All right. So the minute or two left, I'm going to throw an offer out on the table to all my listeners out there. It is for a free, no obligation, retirement planning tax-efficient income planning session with me. I will put together your own custom five-point master retirement plan. All you have to do is give us a call at 336-391-3409. Say, hey, I want to come in, sit down, and have a cup of coffee with you, and uh, get that uh, that retirement planning process going. Even if you've got another financial advisor, you owe it to yourself to get a second opinion. All righty. Well, folks, we're going to take a quick break. I want to remind you that you are listening to the Wealth Guardians radio show here on 94.5 WPTI. We certainly appreciate you being with us, and we can be reached at 336 336- 
391-3409 or at our website, www.thewealthguardians.com. We are up against a quick break, but stay tuned because when we come back, we've got several more great questions to address from Doug's weekly radio show. So make sure you stick around. We'll be right back. And you are listening to The Wealth Guardians here on 94.5 WPTI. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Wealth Guardians show here on 94.5 WPTI. I'm JB along with Doug. We're answering your questions today. And you want to jump right back into our questions here, Doug? Absolutely. Let's do it. We've got some great questions today. And Doug, our next question comes in from Al and Sharon, and they write, Hello, Doug. We usually get a refund each year when we file our taxes. Is there a way to have that refund check deposited directly into one of our IRAs instead of receiving a check directly? Thank you. Oh, boy, that's a good question. That is. I tell you what, I maybe I need to see your CPA because I usually end up having to write more ch- uh, checks to the both the IRS, and I have to pay tax in, in South Carolina and North Carolina. Right. Uh, before I get to your question, Alan Sharon, um, everybody who's listening today, I want to invite you to give us a call. If you're interested in uh, looking at a tax-efficient retirement program, if you're interested in taking your retirement dollars from being forever taxed to never taxed, call us at 336-391-3409. I really would love to talk to you about our bracket bump strategy. All right, let's tackle your question, Alan, Sharon. So, yeah, there is a way to do this. You actually can have your tax refund contributed directly to your IRA. The IRS does allow you to have a refund check directly deposited into that IRA if you follow certain procedures when you file your federal income taxes. And when you do file your return, you have the IRS directly deposit that tax refund as an IRA contribution for one or both of you. To have the IRS directly deposit your refund, there are steps and rules you have to follow. First, Make sure the IRA custodian will accept it and notify them in advance. And you're going to need to file IRS Form 8888. This form allows you to split your refund into a maximum of three deposit accounts. And finally, make sure you note the direct deposit information on the appropriate line of your federal tax return. Tax refunds may be applied to traditional IRAs, a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA, but not simple IRAs. Just, they want to make you confused, that's all. <laughs> okay, make sure you meet all these IRA rules for making contributions. And for example, for a traditional IRA contribution, you must have compensation, earned income in other words, and be under 70 and a half for all of that tax year. For a Roth IRA contribution, you must have compensation, or earned income, and your income must be below certain levels to be eligible for Roth contributions. Again, you can do this, and it's convenient. Just make sure you qualify and follow the proper procedures. Well, Doug, you know, speaking of making contributions to IRAs, why don't you remind our listeners about those contribution limits? Hey, good idea. You know, obviously, uh, we're in November now, and it's not too many days left in the year, And we're getting down to crunch time for making contributions. 
What you need to remember is some retirement plan contributions have to be funded by the end of the year, and others can be extended until April 15th of the next year or even October 15th of the next year, just to make it even more confusing. For traditional IRAs and traditional Roth IRA contributions, those contribution limits are $5,500 per year for those people under the age of 50 and $6,500 per year for those 50 and older in 2017. So you have until April 15th of 2018 to make those contributions for the 2017 tax year as long as you meet those qualifications. Now, 401k, 403b, these employer-sponsored retirement plans, the contribution limit is $18,000 per year for 50 and under and $24,000 per year for those 50 and older. These plans have to be funded by the end of the calendar year, which is December 31st. And again, we're in in November, almost mid-November, and you only got about, what, a month and a half to make those contributions. Mm-hmm. And if you're waiting to maximize your contributions, you're close, and you should contact your employer very, very, very soon. Get that human resources uh, department on the line. All right. Well, our next question comes in, Doug, from Carly. And she writes in, Doug, do I have to name my spouse as my primary beneficiary? Well, you know, Carly, thanks for that question. That's, that's that's pretty good. It depends on the type of account that you have, but in most cases, you don't. Um, but if you don't name the spouse as a primary beneficiary on certain types of accounts, that spouse very well may have to sign a form stating that they acknowledge and understand that they're not being named the primary beneficiary. Mm. Now, there very well may be a pertinent reason for not naming a spouse as a primary beneficiary. For example when there's a large estate, or when the surviving spouse is much older, or to reduce taxes. Or there may be some benefit to using other heirs as a means of stretching that IRA to maximize payout distributions. So yeah, you can do this, but there are some specific rules and forms that you may need to file. Well, some good information here. Once again, you are listening to The Wealth Guardians. I'm JB, along with Doug Ray. And we've got another question, Doug. It comes in from Mary. And Mary writes in, Doug, I have several children and grandchildren. Now, when I pass away, am I able to leave different amounts of an inheritance to different children and grandchildren? Mary, thanks for that question. Um, Yeah, and without proper estate planning documentation, many people do this without even realizing it. Over the course of my career, I found that an even split amongst heirs is the most common practice, but however... I've also seen, I've helped set up documents that will split money up in a variety of different ways. This, of course, is done for lots of different reasons, but it certainly can be done. Serious thought and consideration must be given to this, however, as most people don't realize how an estate plan or lack of one uh, will affect their family and after they've gone. Money in any amount can quickly and dramatically alter family relationships for decades, even lifetimes, and unfortunately, I've seen that too many times as well. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's not a pleasant outcome. The most important thing to keep in mind is that you want to make sure you set up your estate and your distribution plan the best way for your specific and individual situation and the way that you think is best. 
Don't get influenced or persuaded to add or subtract people if you're not sure if that's what you want to do. And also, keep in mind there's a lot of different ways to pass money on to heirs. You want to make sure you're using the right tools to maximize the inheritance and minimize the tax burden. So, as you can see, there's a lot of different things to consider when planning your estate and how to pass on things properly to beneficiaries. In a lot of cases, people want to pass on different amounts of money to different heirs, and that's certainly understandable and can be done with proper documents. And you really can do anything you want these days as far as passing on money. You can pass it on in a lump lump sum. You can put age restrictions on it. You can put payout restrictions on it. You can do it just about any way you want to do it. And and I would recommend that you find a a very good uh, estate planning attorney to help you set up those documents if you have a uh, fairly detailed, uh, significant, or complicated uh, estate or family situation. Some great questions today. Well, let's continue on. Uh, Doug, our next question coming in from Max, and Max writes in, Hi, Doug. I have made after-tax contributions to my non-deductible IRA for several years now. Now, I either want to start taking money out of this account or convert it to a Roth IRA. How will the IRS know which portion of the funds are after-tax so I won't have to pay tax again on the contribution part of this money? Thank you. That's a great question. It is, Max. Thanks a lot. In fact, that just recently happened uh, with us with uh, onboarding a new client. Uh, generally, I don't recommend folks uh, make those after-tax contributions. But the first thing you got to realize is that an IRA custodian does not, does not keep track of your after-tax contributions, even if you tell them that the funds are after-tax or keep the after-tax funds in a separate IRA. When you take the money out of that IRA, a 1099-R is going to be issued by your IRA custodian for the distribution to say that is a taxable amount. So anytime you make an after-tax contribution to an IRA, you need to file IRS Form 8606 with your tax return, which tells the IRS you have an after-tax fund in your IRA. With this form, IRS will assume that any funds that are distributed from your IRA account are taxable dollars. I should say without that form. So, secondly, you have to tell the IRS that you did a Roth conversion, even if the entire amount converted is IRA after-tax funds. There's a special section in Form 8606 for reporting the Roth IRA conversions. And finally, Oh, I'm glad it's finally. (laughs) Form 8606 will tell you how much of your IRA distributions are are taxable. And it's going to depend on the total amount you have in your IRA. So you can see this whole thing with after-tax funding is extremely complicated and it has to be done exactly right or you're going to double tax yourself. It's just, you know, simple as simple as that. Yeah, I know this is a whole lot of legal jargon and it can be tough to understand. So let me try to explain it a a little bit better. (laughs) If you contributed after-tax money to an IRA and you want to convert it to a Roth IRA, that is a good move, and it makes a lot of sense to do that. But depending upon if you have other money in a pre-tax IRA, then it isn't as simple as converting the whole after-tax portion. So, for example, let's say you have a total IRA balance of 100000 and your after-tax contributions are 50000 So 50000 divided by 100000 is 50%. Thus... of all your distributions for the year will not be taxable. The remaining amount is taxable. It's a ratio. 
You just need to be very careful here. But the good news is if you made after-tax contributions to a traditional IRA and it hasn't grown any, then you can convert it and not pay any tax at all. But if you've done this over a number of years and there's quite a bit of interest accumulated, then you'll not be able to do a Roth conversion for the whole thing and the situation is where you don't owe any tax at all. So now I think, JB, you can see why I don't recommend people doing after tax yeah. contributions. It's quite a, it can be a hassle. It can be a hassle. Yeah. Again, before we wrap up the show today, I want to invite all my listeners uh, to come in and, and, and get a, a free, no obligation retirement plan. We'll show you how to take those dollars in your retirement account and move them from forever taxed to never taxed. It's called the bracket bump technique. Uh, I love to, to, to do that strategy. Come on in, get a second opinion. We'll put a five-point master plan together. All you have to do is give us a call at 336-391-3409. And uh, JB, I guess we'll be seeing these folks again next week. All right, another great show. Thanks for listening to The Wealth Guardians here on 94.5 WPTI, and have a great rest of your weekend. 